Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence, learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. Up first today, with no delay, from the Atlanta area, I welcome Reed to the show. Reed, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thank you, Molly. Um, I appreciate you having me on. How are you this morning? I could not be better because I have a chance to chat with you. Oh, that so is what nice. uh, <laughs> I imagine you have a doozy of a question for me. So what do you have for me, Reed? I, I do. Um, and I've been thinking about the right way to ask this question, but um, listening to the introduction and, and you know, just uh, hearing that, you know, this is the, the show is about trying to find a way to say things um, and just to say what you mean and how you actually feel, I mean, that's, I guess, where I want to start. And I have, uh, you know, for a little bit of um, a perspective, I run a, um, a sales team um, for a company. And um, I have a very high-producing member of that team who is also uh, quite a bit of a challenge to manage. And um, this individual has expressed the desire for advancement within the company and to move up and um, at the same time uh, has quite a bit of of trouble with some organizational uh, tasks, uh, some leadership ability tasks. Um, And so I have taken the time to attempt to kind of have some of these, you know, candid conversations with this employee and, and just let them know that, hey, if this is what you desire, let me kind of help you uh, with this situation. This is, this is how I feel like you, you, you need to um, operate and to show leadership in, in this situation. And, and I feel like when I have those conversations uh, that they do not go well um, and that instead of taken as a, like a constructive criticism, um, it is just taken as criticism. And so um, I was, curious if you could give me some advice on how I could approach and better communicate because also listening to that intro, um, you know, kind of admitting that you, that, that I'm part of the problem here and that uh, part of the reason that we have a hard time communicating and that, that this employee can't, can't understand what I'm trying to communicate is as much my problem as it is, um, you know, as it is anything else. And so, that is kind of the, the question on a broad level. Feel free to dig in and, and get, you know, some more details. I know that was, that was semi-vague. Very specific. Level setting on performance. And first off, Reed, I want to acknowledge you for saying, hey, I'm part of the problem in all of our relationships. You know, it doesn't make you a bad person at all, but it's the ability to own it on both sides. So I just want to applaud you for that because that means there's really a great way forward. So kudos on that. And that my friend is not necessarily the easiest step for a lot of people to acknowledge. So uh, give yourself a little pat on the back for that. I, um, I appreciate this. I think listeners probably on both sides are nodding their heads because 
performance conversations are often, there's a lot of emotion involved and people often are really not on the same page, don't have a shared reality. And it's just really hard um, to grow f- without having that shared reality. So when you mentioned it doesn't go well, Reed, could you give me a, just a few examples of what, what, what's the interaction like? What, what's not going well? How is that manifesting for you too? So uh, I can give you a specific example with a, with a brand new member of the team um, that, that we brought on. We had gone to go kind of close a big account. And um, this was in a territory that, that was not owned by any of our reps. It was kind of a, an offshoot territory that was kind of open. And so I felt like it was a great opportunity for my more tenured sales rep uh, my more uh, recent sales rep to go and to get the experience and kind of learn how one of these uh, bigger deals was closed. Um, I set the expectation with my tenured rep that the the idea here was to sell this and then to to train this new rep on how to manage an account of, of this size and magnitude. And um, I didn't see those steps being followed. And so... When I, when I followed up, we did end up selling the account. We, we got the deal. Um, and a couple weeks later, I'm copied on some emails that j- just show that it is not being handled. It is not being handed off. It, it is, uh, there's no kind of coaching um, uh, and inclusion of this. And so I spoke with them and said, hey, you know, I really want, uh, this to be an opportunity to train um, our, our new employee and to help them understand, you know, what it takes. And I'm not seeing that happening. And so can we make that happen? And, and I got confirmation that it was going to happen. And then, again, um, it, I continued to see evidence that it was not happening and then spoke to my, uh, you know, my newer rep on, the, on a one-on-one we had and just found out from them that, they have kind of been left out of, out of the loop on it. And so um, that prompted me to have a follow-up. And, and there was just a lot of pushback. Uh, the pushback didn't seem to really make a ton of sense uh, for me. And so um, one of the items of the pushback was, well, the, the organization um, – the organization uh, reached out to me first after the meeting, and and I said, "Hey, listen, I, I understand that, but that you know we discussed this prior to even going here. This is kind of what we're doing. It did not affect the bottom line um, for for either one of the reps um, as far as any sort of commission or compensation. And so, to me, I really felt like it was more of a notoriety thing uh, to say, you know, this is this is my account and. I don't, I, I don't know how to um, have that conversation uh, without raising some emotion there. And so mm-hmm. I tried to say, hey, I, we, I really need this to be a training and a, this is a leadership opportunity. This is a chance for you to show leadership and to train and, and walk this new employee through uh, the steps of, of how to maintain and manage this account. And, and I'm trying to give this to you as a leadership opportunity for you to show your leadership. And, and instead of, you know, saying, okay, I see that perspective. I see what you're trying to do there. It, it, 
I got a lot of pushback and just said, I, you know, essentially got the feeling that they thought that that was a bad decision and that this new rep for some reason would not be able to handle um, what was going on there. And, and it just didn't seem to make a ton of sense to me. And so I wasn't sure how to handle that at, at that point because it seemed emotional and, and instead of logical to me. Yeah, and just normal because we're people and our emotions can get the better of us. So very normal. Let me ask one question before I proceed. Do you, have you seen evidence? Do you feel like this person is capable of doing what you're asking? I do think that they are capable of doing what I'm asking, yes. Okay, I just want to clarify that. Okay, so there's different ways, and obviously I'm not super close, but I'll just offer some different starting points. And I think, how long have you had a relationship with this, uh, I'll say, seasoned employee? Um, About two years. Two years. Okay, so we've had some time together. I think an on-ramp might, and actually before I go, let me just ask you, if you were to say to me, what, is, what do you want to have happen with this person? Just, just share with me the top things you want to have happen with this person. Well, I, I, want this, I, I want this individual to become a little bit more self-aware uh, of some of the, the areas of deficit. Um, and, and that I would like to be able to see them advance themselves and the business. And in order to do that, um, I feel like there are some changes that need to happen. And, and so it, it's hard for me. Um, you know, I want the best for, for all of the people that work for me. I, I really want them to succeed when they succeed, uh, you know, I succeed, the company succeeds, it's, it's great. I also want to have good relationships with them. Um, but, you know, when someone tells me that they have the desire to advance uh, within a company, to grow, to develop themselves personally um, and professionally, I want that for them. And so I find that hard uh, in this particular circumstance. Got it. Perfect. So what I heard is you're very clear on your intention of what you want to have happen, Reed, and that is a huge starting point for rather than the conversation per se, which we'll get to a starting point for you is, and you know what you want to have happen. So here you are, you want the best for your people. Um, you're willing to change and grow. And that's a big starting point. And I say that for our listeners, because oftentimes they haven't maybe done the work for themselves. I think the relationship with you, and let's just call this this employee Dwayne, okay? So it's a chance to take a step back. Hey, Dwayne, you know, I'm here, and I, and I just want to level set, take a, a few steps back. I appreciated you shared that you wanted to, to move into roles, uh, to new roles, and I want to just make sure that we're on the same page in terms of how we work together and just say, I'm your biggest cheerleader. I see great potential. I'm here and I really want you to grow. And so you kind of look the person in the eye in this case in Zoom, right? And, and just get the acknowledgement yeah. and see, see what they say. And then that will generally start the tone with more of a gratitude and opening a little less defensive feeling, okay? And so then you might say, so for us to have a really open conversation about how we're doing, and let's be honest, in performance, there's things, we all have blind spots. I have blind spots. You can use yourself as an example. Sometimes it's hard to hear the, the input that I get from my boss, so I understand that. Our open communication is, is 
extremely important for you to be able to grow. That's on both of us. Pause. So just see where this person's at. And they may or may not say anything. And they say, so it's a two-way thing, right? The person will be like, right, okay. One of the things I'm noticing is I feel like I give something, some input, and I'm getting pushback. Um, so it's putting me in a, it's making, it's frustrating me because I know that I must obviously not be communicating in a way that you can receive it. So you're not even talking about anything specific, but you're general now. So, he, that, so that topic is in the ether. And see where Dwayne is on this, okay? So you get examples. So one example, if I were to say this, what I'd love to hear is X. And you might hear, but, 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 and say, great example, Dwayne. So here we are talking about this openly, and I hear the but, but, but. Dwayne, when I hear the but, 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 how do you think I, I look at you? Pause. Trying your best to be the mirror for that person to appreciate, because if... Dwayne, if someone were reporting to you because we were rooming you for a leadership role and you saw something that was an area of improvement and you offered it and the person said, but, but, but. And so you start, hopefully, you know, it's not a lot of words, but it's a chance to create some shift in awareness and you say, mm -hmm. hey, I want to normalize this for you. You know, having growth opportunities does not take away from who you are as a human being, how much I care about you as a person, your value, right? So, we want to be able to separate the tasks that you do from who you are. And this is not easy for a lot of people. So this is, you know, this is, this is a very normal um, reaction because people feel vulnerable. If I have something that I have to develop in or it's, or it's you know, if it's my fault, I'm bad. And, and your ability to normalize that could create some safety. So I'm hopeful that you could start to see and, and acknowledge, hey, how is this landing for you? You know, people on the show have heard me say that a lot. How's this landing for you and your ability to help that person? And so let's go back to a scenario and, and just to pick whatever one and say, tell me what you thought happened. And what, can I tell you how I thought what happened? And, and start to you know, do a scale of one to 10. On a scale of one to 10, how well, Dwayne, did you think that went? Why do you think it went well or not well? What could I do? What could you do? Your ability to be curious, read, ask questions, listen with an open heart. I think you then are doing everything you can do. Now, you can do this. Now, if someone doesn't respond and they're like, you know, this person is a bad person, the, the new people can't learn, this is broken, that is broken, that's just information for you to perhaps realize maybe this, the, the track they want to go on isn't, isn't where they're at. So let me just pause for a moment. How's that part landing for you? Uh, all of that is, um, is it, it feels like very wise. I think that I had the tendency also to be in a hurry. Um, and, and I think one of the places that, that I need to develop is my, my patience. Um, I think I can set high expectations um, for the people around me. And I think that what I'm hearing from you is that um, making sure to, to slow down, um, to be inquisitive, to ask the right questions, um, to, to give the person time and to, to just kind of slow everything down. So it, it's, landing, it's landing well. Uh, it's kind of hitting me uh, right between the eyes. So it's good. 
I hope it was a soft, a soft nudge, not a punch. So let me add a, a bit more on that. I appreciate your hearing that. Um, and it sounds like something you could take action on. The um, oftentimes for the leaders, when they share, hey, this is what we want to have happen, it's very obvious to you. And when someone's hearing it from a leader, they want to nod their head and say they understand. So they're nodding their head that they understand. And they may not exactly fully understand as much as you think that they do. And it is also an area of vulnerability to say, I'm not exactly following or tracking. So Mm -hmm. you might say, one of my jobs is I have got to make it crystal clear for you what success looks like. That's on me. And I'm realizing I may not have confirmed that in the past. So you own that. You may have, but you may not have. But again, you're opening this up as I'm I'm partnering with you. And so as you share, hey, this is what great looks like, you start to show some concrete steps and actions that you could then you know, share in an email, hey, we talked about this and, you know, great looks like this and, and we're aligned on that. Um, but as you're going through, give the person to, to kind of chime in, hey, what are you hearing? What do you think you're doing? What do you think you're not doing? And just feel like when you leave a conversation that you're hearing from them that they heard you the way you want to be heard, right? Communication is about what the other person hears is not what you think you're saying. I'm not saying you're not being clear. I think I've watched leaders believe me I said I totally hear what you said and I totally see that they did not hear that and it's no one's bad or wrong here it's just you have to realize we have to come together and if you never bubble up that we're not on the same page you kind of leave with a different understanding and it's never helpful so I'll pause there no that all that makes a lot of sense uh, Molly and I I think you know the, the more that that sinks in, I think that is part of the problem. Um, I think that, you know, um, and I think that, um, you know, me not taking the time to step back and kind of step out of everything that's going on in the moment and, and really just stop and focus on, on Dwayne, um, and, uh, and say, Hey, let, let's talk about this. You know, let's, uh, let's, let's uh, open up, let's make progress. Let me dedicate some time and energy to it. Um, and not just expect that, um, you know, you're doing the things that I'm expecting you to do. Um, so I think that's very wise and it's extremely helpful. And, um, I, I feel like I can, uh, immediately take some, take some steps in that direction. So I'm, I'm excited, uh, to, uh, to get started with it. That's great. I appreciate that. And then one last thing is as you get started in these conversations, before you say even one word, the energy, I call it the meta skill, right? The attitude that you show up with is something that will absolutely be very palpable to Dwayne. So that, that could be caring, that could be positivity, be very intentional about how you show up energetically, and that will grease the skids even further for a productive conversation. So, Reed, you know how to reach me, and so I am really grateful that you joined me, um, and I'm I'm really impressed with how you're taking on the part that you're part of the problem and part of the solution, and I think that that is really going to serve you and Dwayne and the company very well. So I wish you well. Loop back, and please let me know how it goes, and I thank you for being part of the solution. Thank you very much for having me, Molly. I appreciate uh, the, the words of wisdom. <laughs> it's my pleasure. You take good care. 
Okay, before my next caller, a couple reminders. If you're listening and something's coming to mind for you, I'd love to chat with you live. And you can call 866-472-5790 or internationally collect. It's country code 1-480-398-3352. And more ways to uh, say it skillfully are on my website, sayitskillfully.com. I invite you to join up on the mailing list. So next... I am excited to introduce Jen from New York. Jen, welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Spectacular. I'm really spectacular. I don't know if you had a chance to hear Reed, but it's always um, it's always very gratifying for me to have people leave with a little bit of an aha. So, um, so I'm thrilled to yeah, chat with I you. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, so I actually um, did listen to Reed's conversation, and I noticed the same comment on the intro that Reed did, um, you know, that by recognizing that we may be part of the problem, we can help implement a solution. Um, And my situation also eventually boils down to a communication question as well. Um, So I can just jump right into it, um, if that works for you. Perfect. And give you a brief overview of the situation that I have in mind. So um, I've been at my company for about four years now, and although I do have some tenure, I definitely still um, think that I'm considered part of the junior cohort at the company. Um, And since March, my group's day-to-day job has been seriously affected. Um, I've been helping a task force that addresses our most vulnerable part of the business for for the good part of the past five months. Um, early on, this included creating, you know, fairly large spreadsheets that analyzed the data that we had on that part of the business, um, and this helped the task force recognize weaknesses, uh, prioritize solutions, and just continuously monitor the performance. So, I was the main driver developing these dashboards and models, and was assumed to be the one maintaining them as well. Now that my day job has gotten back up and running. My manager has made a point to tell our leadership that I need to step down from the task force and transition my working models over to someone else. And this is kind of where my situation really starts. I haven't had a lot of guidance on who or when I should be doing this transition and almost felt that no one really cared to prioritize it except for myself and my manager who is He's not really involved in this task force. So I was in a bit of a limbo for a short time before I was told that this committee hired a temp to support the task force once I and others stepped down from it. So the leader of the committee um, had indicated to me that this person, this new hire, was to maintain these spreadsheets going forward. Um, And I would also like to add that um, this leader of the task force has a very long working history with this person, this temp. Um, so I've gone through a few transition calls now, and there's definitely been some uh, obstacles during the calls. And I personally don't feel like the temp has the skill set to update and improve on these files. I think they have a lot of skills just not necessarily geared towards this particular uh, part of what I'm transitioning over. 
Uh, so there's a few different things playing into this situation. Um, I, I do feel like I have enough authority or influence uh, working in the task force to have my opinions be heard and understood, despite being one of the more junior members. Um, I want to give the, the new hire the chance that they deserve to establish themselves in our organization. Um, but I, I really don't think their skill set is meant for, again, for these Excel files, this particular task. Um, additionally, I think the leadership of the committee is not really concerned with this transition, whereas my manager has made it clear that I need to, you know, be off of this task force. And I personally don't want to just drop drop this um, these files. Like I want I want to help with the transition, but it has been taking um, almost three additional weeks. So there's been a little bit of pressure for me to uh, kind of like hurry it along. Um, so uh, yeah, and then finally, I'm a little bit concerned that if the transition doesn't go really smoothly, it might re- reflect a little poorly on my end. Um, so I'd love to get your insight on how to approach the situation. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if I should really express my concern or not to the head of the task force. Um, I know that if I think personally, if I do express my concern, I would emphasize, you know, this is a, in the group's best interest. Um, but the fact that there is, you know, that long personal relationship um, between the new hire and the head of the task force, that's kind of really throwing me in for a loop, and I don't, I just don't want to be crossing any lines. So um, I'll take a pause there. I know that was a lot, um, but would love to get your advice. Yes, I appreciate your sharing this. This is complex, definitely complex. I appreciate how you want to do the right thing. You've been the one doing the work. It's one of those things where everybody needs it to go well. They don't really know what it takes to go well. They're assuming it's going to continue right. to go well. And you're like, this is not necessarily going to continue to go well. <laughs> yeah. So I hear you on that. And I, um, I think this is a, it's a great example. So let's, I, I appreciate hearing that you believe you have the authority and the influence so I, I want you to hear yourself say that because you really have as someone mm-hmm. at the firm, regardless of your years, you have the opportunity and responsibility to do right by the firm and communicating that intention in the right way is always going to be a good thing. And transparency is your friend because if this thing backfires, you know, it does kind of look like it's easy to point the finger at Jen over there. <laughs> because we didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. anyways. And so I do think you, you're right to, um, to realize that there's some personal uh, risk on that. Um, your, what is your relationship, if you have one, with the new hire? Do you know this person at all, or is this a brand-new relationship? Yeah, so it's a brand-new relationship. Um, besides uh, the new hire's relationship with the leader of this task force, I don't I think most of uh, the new hires relationships are brand new. So I've been working with them for the past week or two now to, you know, get help them get up and running with certain things uh, on this committee. Okay. And f- uh, from the, f- the, the, the couple of weeks here or how, how long you've been working with her, uh, this person, how 
to what extent do you sense that they really do understand what's needed? What's needed to do the work for the job to actually do because the modeling is complex and the spreadsheets are complex. Uh And this is the, I call this, you know, it's the, the Excel jocks, right? It's not, it's not a minor, (laughs) not minor. My niece does something like this. It's not minor. (laughs) Yeah. So I honestly, from our first conversation, I was a little wary just because, you know, there were certain things that they were, asking or prioritizing and asking that made me just feel like they haven't had a lot of experience in Excel prior. Uh, And these are, you know, a little bit more complex. So I knew that I would need to budget some time to explain some of the things that I, you know, potentially might not have explained uh, initially. So that's one. I think they are really they they really want it to go well. They have great intentions, um, but it definitely is a little bit slow going. Last week, there was kind of like a trial period where they took over and they had sent out the first, we have like a weekly um, memo that we send out that is related to one of these files. So they they led that process last week and I feel like it didn't go as smoothly and I don't think that they really reached out to me as much as I, if I were in their shoes, I probably would have reached out a little bit more um, just because I think there were a few items that uh, didn't go as smoothly as I would have hoped it would. Okay, so I think I, I want to focus, there's two relationship systems here. The first one with this person and the opportunity to, to come in, you know, this is, I'm going to say this is kind of a mentoring role, right, for lack of a better term in terms of this transition. Mm-hmm. And so bringing that person on board saying, hey, I want to, you know, I've, maybe the new news is I'm, I'm getting the sense that I've got to completely extricate by X period of time, you know, whatever it is. And I can imagine being in your shoes when, you know, it's all new and it's a little bit scary because you don't know what you don't know. And having been with it, you know, there are, and there are these kinds of things that could go wrong. So not to scare the person to death, but they don't know what they don't know. So your ability to be transparent. So when this, this type of things goes wrong, this message, this happens and these executives find out, you know, you, you just make it very clear there's downside risk for this person. You're not trying to freak them out, Jen, but it's not, it's not serving mm-hmm. them if they don't appreciate really what could go wrong here. And when you're looking at a dashboard, a group-wide information that people are counting on to be accurate, there's a lot of pressure, right? They don't, it doesn't seem like there's pressure when it's going right. When it's not going right, there's a lot of pressure. So the ability to help the person understand that and internalize that is important because they're in a position as you team to then potentially go to the manager they know so well to help educate the manager as to the risks that are there. So it's not really Jen's job to make this all transparent. The two of you together, that person who's going to be owning it is in a position to say, hey, I'm trying the best I can. I'm new here. I, 
I don't know how to do a lot of this or I'm not, I'm not ready to do all this. It's better that that person is able to share that with your support. You're just trying to help position the person for success. That's your, you listen, right. I want to help you. I, I know, I'm, I'm sure you can do this, right? You just show positive intent. And I'm not trying to make this like my way or the highway. I just would be loathe to have you in a situation where you weren't ready for what could happen. And I feel it's my responsibility to just alert you to, you know, some of the ways this, this model works, et cetera. Right. So I want you to be successful. I want us to be successful. I'm going to give a lot of pressure to pull out, pull out. Right. So there's no security blanket and see where the person is at. And you, you can do so much. So hopefully they'll get that. If they don't, then you just kind of start to to share the transparency of things that go go wrong with the project head. As, a, as I think maybe it's helpful for us to make sure that this is something that we're not the only ones who know about. So again, mm-hmm. this is the transparency part. And hopefully the person, it's an education thing. So here I am just educating. Uh, and gosh, if I were in your shoes, I'd want to know these things. I would not want, you know, all of a sudden this to land on you and, and not look good for you. I mean, in, in that person's, in that person's self-interest, right? That's, that's what you're putting forth to them. So let me just pause there. Do you feel like some kind of focus on that dynamic with the new person has some opportunity? Yeah, I think that was really helpful. I honestly wasn't thinking in that direction where I, you know, talked about the things that could go wrong with the, with the new person. There has been instances where I mentioned, you know, this is this, from my experience, you know, these people like to see these this way. So I would, I would just make sure that that happens. But I, you know, that was only one instance, whereas I can just by you explaining uh, how you would go about it. I have thought of a lot of different things that I could bring up with this new hire. So I think that's really helpful. I also think that I'm kind of agreeing with, I'm agreeing with you that I think the new hire should be the one that, you know, she has a relationship with the head of the task force. And if, if the new hire has a little concern I think that they would be a better, it would be a better platform for them to tell the new, the head of the task force that, you know, I just want to make sure that this goes smoothly and I have some concern. Uh, so I think it's, it's landing really well for me. I think I have a lot of good, uh, good things to go off from this and next that's step. Yep, that's good. So I'm going to oh. give, that's part one. So I want to make sure that, because this is okay. what I would say is the, yeah. you know, working within. So I do think with the head of the task force, the ability mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I would think a, a meeting with the three of you would be great, but I would formalize, hey, we want to have a sync up on this transition. You know, I'm, I'm thrilled how well it's gone. Acknowledge, here's some things, you know, sync up with this person and say, hey, these are the things I'm going to say. But I think it really behooves us that we're all on the same page, right? And so mm-hmm. that there's, and the documentation, here are some of the downside things. And to the task force leader, they don't want to look bad, right? So here are some of the things as mm-hmm. this other person and I have talked about so that we make sure that we're all 
shining like stars here. And should these things happen, some of the, something's not going to go well. You know that? So plan ahead. What's going to happen when that, when that happens? It's not all going to be perfect. So build in the how do we want to be when things go wrong? And then that is, you know, I think being formal with that, being upfront with that, I'm here to do everything I can. I'm getting, I get it. I'm supposed to be out of it. Um, you know, you can even joke. You can lighten it up a little. Obviously, it's a little bit of my right, baby. Yeah. But I'm happy to give it away. That said, it doesn't <laughs> help the institution, right, our group, if these things happen. And again, share some of the downsides with the task force leader who doesn't want to look like they're head of a, something that's not going well either. Mm-hmm. So I think leading with the downside, because that's a driver for change. And then to the extent that you can look like a hero, that's great too. Here's amazing things that could happen. Um, but then you right. have, I think, and, and I think your intention is, look, I just care about, uh, you know, the work for the, for the firm. And I care about, you know, us here, you know, being on the same page so that we're supportive. You, you know, you're leading in this case, right? Leading them to, to help create something that's of great value and, you know, that way you have no regrets, right? So my wish for you is that Jen says, okay, I did everything I can. I was very open, transparent. I was for the team. And you clap your hands and you move on to your next job. <laughs> so I'll pause mm-hmm. there. How's that yeah, landing? No, that's great. No, that's great. I think, you know, part one, part two, all great steps that I think would be super helpful in me, you know, moving on after the transition and just making them, making sure everyone's aware of the downside scenario and also the upside scenario, uh, just so everyone is on the same page. And yeah, I think it's, I think that I have very uh, good next steps to take with this particular situation. So thank you. Uh, you well, you're very welcome. I thank you for the question. Now I have a couple follow-ons. So one is, um, and I sure. said this to the last caller, Reed. The energy level, tonation, you're kind of your intonation of voice, you might think about recording. And to create different levels of impact, sometimes different levels of um, intonation are good. I think you can be quite consistent. And I think, I just say this for women, sometimes it's hard to modulate. We don't want to be too emotional, but at the same time, to create right. some liveliness in your voice, Jen, maybe something that... Uh, helps you, right? When in times we want to be a little bit more influential or you want to ask a particular question that's quite pointed. So I just offer play around with the own range of the tone of your voice, pacing even, just to see, you know, how that feels. Um, when I work with folks, it's, you know, how you are is fantastic. It's about expanding the range, right? So do you need to be a little bit more emotional, you know, be a little bit more emotional. Just, just play around with that and, and see if um, you might find some uh, ways to to improve how you're how you're influencing, and then I want to come back okay, to that you've had four years of tenure, and you said you're considered part of the junior cohort. And I just wanted to loop back: is that okay with you? How you're considered right now? So I don't mind it. I think even when I say junior cohort, I think a lot of people do take my thoughts and opinions into account, but I 
our, our firm has a lot of people who have really long tenure. So four years doesn't really seem like a lot to, I would say, the majority of my colleagues, which is why I would say, you know, junior cohort. But in terms of just knowledge and, uh, and I guess, opinions, I do think that that's taken into account. So in some ways, I don't really mind it. Uh, I, I can see how that can seem like a negative thing. Uh, it's definitely something that I do keep in mind, but it's not that big of a negative impact on my you know, day-to-day or me expressing my opinions. That's, that's not really an issue to, on, with regards to that side of things. Okay. Uh, and no judgment on my part. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just asking. And I would offer that. Think about how you want to be perceived for your impact, for uh, okay. your ideas. And, you know, I, I think the, you know, what you think about yourself translates to how you come across. So you've got great okay. ideas. You have ways to um, influence, affect change, bring in more voices, lead. And those are less junior things. And so don't be your worst enemy. Consider yourself a certain way. I'm not saying to be, you know, arrogant and out of your britches. At the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, own that you're sharp, you see things, you know, you've got the work ethic um, and you want to and can have outsized influence. And you just have to know that about yourself because that's where that starts. So mm-hmm. in your own mind, you know, from a year's, it's certainly fine. If the, it is a fact, you're, you have four years of tenure, your impact could be that of someone who's been there for 10 years. And that's, right. you know, that's for you to ensure that you're moving through space in a way where, you know, you give credit where it's due, you take credit where it's due as well. And I say this particularly for women have a tendency for, and my good friend, I'll just acknowledge Sally Helginson wrote this great book, How Women Rise with Marshall Goldsmith. And it's 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 applicable to all leaders, but in particular, uh, some of the things that particularly hold women back. And so I was like, the team did this. The team is great. The team is that. And that, too much of that actually looks like, oh, the person isn't confident, right? Or doesn't get as much done. So it's not, I'm not no judgment on my fact, whether it's fair or not, just get comfortable saying, you know, hey, I did this. (laughs) <laughs> this happened because I did. No, no, I right. think that's helpful. I do actually think that that happens to me a lot where I am a little bit more hesitant to just own certain, you know, that this is something that I did and, you know, I don't want to come off as egotistical. So I think that's really good advice. I actually feel like because I've been on this task force that I've grown within this period to use my use my voice a little bit more and you know people do listen and take account to my opinions and this has been a really great experience because I've been able to practice that a little bit more um but I I know that I can improve on that aspect of you know how I go about uh working and um working with people and you know accepting the fact that I did this and um, I should be proud of it. So thank you. I, I really appreciate that um, comment. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love that you were aware that you may be hesitant to own. And so whenever that happens, just ask yourself, hey, why am I hesitant? 
And there could be a good reason, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, there's just, so just unpack that. Why am I hesitant? What, do, what am I afraid of? What do I have to lose? And you start to just realize logically, right? Because until you're a logical person, like you're like, I don't know. Why am I hesitant? <laughs> right? And so, by the way, the firm yeah. is paying you and many people, you know, good money to like have a great ideas and to do great work. And that means that some mistakes are going to happen. So we're hardly here to be perfect. Um, so I just want to offer that you're on a journey here. I'd lean into that, right? Hey, I get this idea and the energy level, you know, the ability to bring people along, it's kind of a free thing. Like you can, you can just do it. And so I just want you to play around with that. You've been successful the way you are. What got you here doesn't get you there. So give yourself permission to try on some different ways. There may be people, leaders that you see, there's so many great videos out there. And I just think it's a real opportunity to, you know, groom your own, you know, path. I think sometimes for women, there aren't as many models out there. Like, you know, I don't really see myself moving through space quite like that guy, you know? So, so you know, try to be right. a little creative, right? So you can start to, to find, you know, the authentic you. I mean, this whole say it skillfully is, can you be who you are? Can you find your authentic voice and use it? And it's a lifelong journey. So I share this with you and with a lot of empathy because I'm, I'm on my own journey too. Uh, this has been fascinating chat. So of all we've chatted with, do you have a particular takeaway for our conversation? Yeah. So with regards to the scenario that I had presented, just emphasizing maybe the downside scenario and looping in uh, both, both parts, both people who I want to be, um, expressing my communication to, I think that is a big takeaway for me. And then on the personal side, I think the the levels of intonation, that's something that, you know, I've had previous conversations um, with mentors about that in the past, but I think the range of tone is something that I could definitely work on. And I've never really heard, I guess, it said in that particular way. Um, and then also just being able to being able to own the things that I've done, um, take a step back and, you know, unpack why I'm being hesitant about something. Uh, I think that is something that all is a big takeaway from this call for me personally in terms of my own growth. Love it. Appreciate you, Jen. I, um, it's been really a treat for me. You know how to reach me. I'm cheering for you. Uh, so loop back and let me know how it goes. And most of all, I really thank you for being part of the solution. You take good care. Thanks, Molly. I appreciate your time. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Okay, I have a backlog of uh, scenarios that have been asked to do. So I'm going to try to get through hopefully a couple of those at least. And the first one, um, I've titled it The Flying Lesson. So someone I know came to me, and I want to acknowledge the spouse of this person who skillfully encouraged her husband to do so. So we'll call him Lars. And he was navigating a scenario between his flying instructor, who we'll call Tom, and the air traffic control person, Richard. And they're in the air in a lesson, so obviously there's safety things going on here, right? And he's hearing the air traffic control person say to his instructor, blank, 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 if you just listen, mid-exasperated. 
And Lars, who's very skillful, noticed his instructor, you know, that didn't land very well for him. Um, and he held on to that and it didn't, just didn't feel right to Lars. And Lars wanted to be helpful and came to me like, I, I want to be helpful, but I don't want to overstep my boundaries here. How might I approach my instructor? So as an on-ramp, I said, you know, just be open. You're, you're, lightness, a sense of caring and curiosity, so no judging. Say, um, I noticed you seem very frustrated after the, the with Tom, um, which I can understand. Um, and after we got down on the air, I noticed that frustration stuck with you after the lesson. Are you okay? So we're not trying to solve anything. We're not trying to get to understanding, just showing caring is an on-ramp and seeing where the instructor is as an opening. And typically when something's within is not right, people want to deal with it. So you're giving them a real opportunity to bring it up. Well, you know, it's, it's really annoying. And, you know, I feel like I felt, you know, how did you feel? I felt disrespected. So you get into a dialogue um, and, and then there's an opportunity to say, well, you know, if you'd like, could, could we talk it through? I'd love to be helpful. So now you're asking permission if I can be helpful. And, and, Tom, and Tom's going to say, yeah, yeah, I would love it. What do you think? I said, well, you know, how are you feeling? And get them to articulate how they're feeling. That's a way just to kind of process it and get through with it. You can show empathy or not. You know, how do you want to feel? Oh, I don't want to feel that way. Okay. So let me ask you now, what do you think it's like in the air tower for Richard? Actually, have you ever been in the air tower? So it's called Richard kind of arch enemy. It's a chance for him to say, well, well yes, they had that, uh, yes, I have. Or, or maybe Tom has actually never been in the tower. So you might say, I've never been in the tower either, but I could imagine there's a lot of planes in the air and you know, it's probably stressful for them. And see if you can get a softening of what your instructor thinks it's like to be in air traffic control. And say, so, you know, nothing has to happen here. So you're, you're fine with it. But you say, you know, obviously how you were communicated to didn't land well for you. And it wasn't helpful in flying. And maybe we wouldn't want that to happen to other pilots. What do you think? Maybe there's a chance to chat with the air, air traffic control, Richard. And just see if there's openness. And say, you know, because it's an opportunity to help other pilots, they may not go there. It's not your job to force it on them, but it could be an opportunity where they say, you know, you're right. And say, you know, I, I bet that Richard uh, would really welcome a conversation and, and just see where they're at. So I just, I shared that with Lars and I'll share with you after we completed our conversation, Lars' big takeaway to me was, you know, no one makes you feel a certain way. You own how you feel. I thought that was great. Okay, so next one, I had a manager come to me. Uh, we'll call him Bobby. And he is, you know, affectionately these newbies on the job. A team of very competent folks, newer at work. He's frustrated, the manager, by the errors and the missing deadlines. And it seems to be chronic. It's repeating itself. It's kind of a bad habit. And he attributes it just to inexperience, right? So it's obvious to the manager. This is not helpful to the firm. It's not necessary, so it's still continued, a new project's launching. So Bobby says to me, they, he asked the team, how long is it going to take? They say three weeks. Bobby's like, okay, I'll give you five weeks. And then right after that, he says to me, and I know they're going to miss it. So 
but the approach that Bobby is taking, he's trying to game the system. It's obviously not been working. So I'd offer that transparency is a better way forward. Now, caveat, some of us have friends who might be like chronically an hour or maybe two hours late. You just have to tell them that it's an earlier start time. I get that. So I just want to acknowledge that. So, you know, I think in talking to the team, you know, you have to own that what I've been doing isn't been getting great results, right? So I'm kind of a part of the problem. I'm not here to blame the team. So exhale any, like the team is an experience not getting it. And inhale, I need to be more a part of the solution. And it's important to get rid of any feeling of blame or, you know, annoyance because it comes across to the team and it potentially is divisive. Um, and I think transparency for the team. So it might sound like, hey, team, it's time to circle the wagon, wagons and signal, you know, I'm not thrilled with how it's gone here. I'm frustrated with how we're delivering. We missed the deadline by X. The error rate was Y. And pause. Does anyone chime in? Uh, okay. I had a call with a customer myself. How do you folks think they felt? How do you think I felt having the customer call? So here's a chance for the team to start to put themselves in other people's shoes. What happens if they decide they don't want to work with us anymore? So get this all out. And you're not trying to be threatening. You're just trying to be factual. And I think the notion of not judging but being very curious will help the team feel the downside rather than telling them, have them answer. Okay, so I just, you know, I have to say, I think that we need to be much better. Um, who thinks we need to make some changes? And, you know, everyone's going to raise their hand. We need to make some changes. Okay, so let's, let's think about this. How long do you think this is going to take? Someone says, well, it's going to take two weeks. Rather than you game the system and say four or five, keep asking questions. Why do you think it's going to take two weeks? And start to get into the coaching role, right? And having them realize, well, that's not going to work that way. And so you start to say, look, I'm here to help you guys. And I just want to have more questioning going back and forth. How about if we make this a way of working instead of my waiting for three weeks to see how it goes, Right. Okay, so um, that is as an answer for that. So now I just want to close on my thought for the week, which is the power of empathetic understanding, to not just know what it's like for someone, but also to have a sense for how they feel. And I encourage you to put yourself in other people's shoes, to see the world through their eyes, to improve how you communicate and how you relate with others. And I thank you for tuning in. That's a wrap. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? 
do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 